0: Listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Nursing and Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. September is Disaster Preparedness Month, and we're going to finish out this month talking about that. My special guest today is Dr. Carl Mangum. He's also a nurse practitioner at UMMC, but commands one of the federal disaster medical teams. If you want to join our conversation or you have a question or a comment about how to get and be prepared for a disaster, our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Good morning and welcome back. You are listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. And I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Nursing and Preventive Medicine at UMMC. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. Carl Mangum. He is also an Associate Professor of Nursing and a Nurse Practitioner at UMMC and a frequent guest of the show because I like to call him the jack of all trades. He is an expert in a lot of things, but his greatest passion, I would say, is probably in the realm of disaster preparedness and emergency response. And that's what we're going to be talking about today because September uh, is Disaster Preparedness Month and we're almost out of September, Um, but that doesn't mean that the need to be prepared for a disaster is not uh, still important and still something that we should be uh, thinking about and preparing for should those things happen. Um, so if you want to give us a call today, if you have a question about how to get prepared or you have a tip or a trick on how you've um, tackled uh, being prepared for the unexpected, uh, our number is one mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 And my email is fit at org. Good morning, Carl.
2: Good morning. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm great. And uh, we actually were planning to have this show last week, and uh, you got deployed uh, to Hurricane Florence relief, right?
2: That's correct. Um, I'm the team commander for one of the federal medical teams. They're called DMAT teams, Disaster Medical Assistance Team. We work for the U.S. Department of Homeland. Uh, I'm sorry, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, because we're medical teams. Mm-hmm. And um, so, at one time back, we were under Homeland Security when they first um, were created. And then uh, after Katrina, Congress moved us back to HHS, where we really belong as uh, healthcare and medical mm-hmm. professionals. Um, and, uh, yes, I was gone for a um, 10-day uh, mm-hmm. mission to help with the evacuees, to provide medical medical coverage in uh, some of the shelters that were there. Uh, it was an honor and a privilege to be able to go and um, help take care of people.
0: Yeah. And we actually tried to do this show last year during September, and you got deployed then to- too that time you got deployed the morning of the show so i uh i'm i muddled my way through that show and tried to give the best information i could on um how to be prepared but so this is a show that's been a couple of years in the making trying to that, get you uh physically here in this chair to help me uh with this topic
2: that's true yeah yes, uh, last year i was deployed to washington dc where i worked in the secretary's operations center there for Uh, Department of Health and Human Services during the hurricanes. I initially went in to help um, with Harvey and then ended up with Maria and Mm -hmm. all the rest of the storms that uh, came through. So it was an honor and a privilege to serve there also.
0: Well, you know, and what I texted you whenever you tell me that is thank your whole team for the fact that they're going because these are the folks that are running to the danger instead of evacuating um, and running from the danger, which is what we we should do. If there's a, a call to evacuate, we should. But we're grateful that there are teams in place that are trained to go right. and go safely, um, <clears throat> but to also really – your life on the line to take care of folks that need to be um, rescued or cared for once the rescue has taken place. So how big is your your team?
2: The team when we deploy a a standard DMAT team is 35 people pardon me and um, when we deploy that includes command staff we usually have two to four physicians um, usually two to four nurse practitioners or physicians assistants. We'll have about eight nurses about six medics uh, a pharmacist or two, um, so we're we're geared to uh, immediate care mm-hmm. when we land. Um, when we set up a boo or base of operations, uh, we're able to um, carry out several missions. One would be to help a hospital maybe that's been overrun with patients. Their ER is just really, really, really busy. We can set up outside or whatever area the hospital wants us to, and we can start receiving some of those patients and taking care of them. Um, We we don't do surgery. Uh, There are three surgery teams that are in the National Disaster Medical System that can be called Mm -hmm. upon if needed, Um, but we're more of uh, acute care uh, slash chronic care um, um, for patients that have either run out of medications or hadn't seen a doctor or being affected directly by whatever disaster is being called. So that 35-person team, we usually can split up and run 24-hour operations. We'll basically split the team in half and one will work 12 hours, Mm -hmm. then the other one will work 12 hours. Um, But we can also be modularized and broken down into uh, health and um health task forces of 14 or seven, depending on what the area needs in that local area. Right. And that's one of the things that I want to stress. I'll tell you more about DMATS and NDMS in just a moment. But really, most people out there that have not been directly affected by a disaster of some type uh, really don't understand how it works. So all disasters we like to say are local. And we want the local people to be in charge and and, um, take care of things and direct the care, direct the need, direct the response that's going on in that area. Um, So it really goes back down to the community, the city or county um, or a combination thereof of those three. And uh, once their resources are used up or they see it's more than they can handle, they ask their state for help. Mm. And then the state responds uh, usually with people and equipment. Um, each state has X amount of humans though, that they can deploy because <laughs> right. it's hard to pay people a full time salary to sit around all day to, right. to wait on something to happen. They can do a few people like in emergency management. Those men and women uh, do tireless work day in and day out in each community. I know here in the state of Mississippi, they do, uh, at the County level. Um, but one of the things that they do is they uh, they know where the pocket is to get more people as needed. So when the state sends more people in and they're used up or they realize the disaster is catastrophic, where it's bigger than what they can handle, then they'll ask the federal government for help. Of course, there has to be a, a presidential declared disaster. And once that is, once that's uh, done, the, um, the states can ask for what they need. On the medical side, they ask for help from the National Disaster Medical System, and they can get teams that do DMAT like me. We also have mortuary assistance teams. We have veterinary teams. So uh, all those can be asked for by the state, and um, we're directed by uh, the command through HHS where to go, but they're being told by the state, where Where we right. need to go and what they need us to do, right. uh, so again, back to that local level, we want the local people to be in charge, and uh, because who knows that right? Area they know the area and the people better than the people that live and work there right. and so that's kind of how that works through the system. Each one has to ask the next level up for assistance, and once they do uh, assistance is offered you get of whatever it. they need right. right it's pretty pretty quick actually yeah. uh, our teams have to be ready to move in a minimum of four hours.
0: Yeah. So you, I mean, it's boots to the ground. As soon right. as you get the call, it's, right. it's not like, yeah, I could, let me check my schedule. Yeah. No, it's, you got to go. Yeah, you Yeah. It's,
2: it's those last minute things in your uh, deployment bags or what you need, whether it's uh winter time when I went to Hurricane Sandy, it snowed on us. Mm-hmm. So I had to have a different set of clothes when I went there than if you go to like Harvey or somewhere in Miami or something like that where it's a lot warmer. So you have to do a little bit of tweaking at the end before you go. But one of the most important things that I want uh, the listeners to hear today, it's up to you as a citizen, up to you as an individual slash family to prepare for disasters. Please do not wait for the government to come in and rescue you. Um, And... uh, I'm not speaking for the government right now, but uh, <laughs> but please understand that it's really up to you as an individual and your family to prepare for disasters. Uh, there's some great information on the Department of Homeland Security it does have a website out, ready.gov. Right. Gov. Ready. And it's a great one. It has a lot of information for individuals and families. It has great teaching things for kids. It they really have, does. We've it, used those. I mean, it's really good. And then for businesses, they also have a section for businesses for planning for continuity of of their business mm-hmm. of how to get it shut down safely and how to get it back going again. So all those are important things. Um, and, but it's important that you as the individual slash family prepare, you need to have your own food and water ready to go. You need to have your own first aid kit, your own medicine kit because many of us take medications these days and we also need to make sure we concentrate on the very young and the very old, the most fragile among us, mm-hmm. because they have special needs, baby food or medications or, or, um, um
0: formula, diapers, food. All yeah, of any things. of that
2: stuff. And you have to plan ahead for that. Uh, we all know the, the joke around here. If, uh, If a snowflake falls or they say there's going to be one to fall. (laughs)
0: Bread, milk, and water, it's all gone.
2: (laughs) Or or there's a storm somewhere in the Gulf. uh, If you don't get to the store, bread, milk, and water is all gone or generators and things like that. So it's important to prepare when we're not under the distress time Mm -hmm. of of whatever it is coming at us. So uh, I do encourage people to go to ready.gov and look at that information Uh, You don't have to have everything in there. You have to have what you think you need for your family. Food, water, medication, first aid supplies are all there. Uh, Do you have a plan to leave your home if you're uh, told to evacuate? Um, In the Carolinas, many, many, many people evacuated, which was good. Mm -hmm. If your local government or state government says, hey, you need to go for your safety, Folks, it's time for us to listen to them and go mm-hmm. uh, gather up the stuff you need and leave as soon as possible. Um, they're not making that decision based on, well, hey, we want to get everybody out of town because it, it, it's bad on the economy if everybody leaves town. But it's even worse if a storm hits and we have loss of life that could have been prevented if they had left. So uh, keep that in mind and plan ahead for that um, time. You may have to leave your home and yeah, there's tough decisions that have to be made. I don't wanna leave all my stuff. Well, there's many things you can do to help minimize that. One example would be if you have pictures or documents, scan them in and get them Mm -hmm. on a thumb drive drive, and you can pull them back up on any computer anywhere in the world when you get there um, in case your stuff is totally damaged or or, uh, gone or destroyed. Um, so there there are steps you can take now while we're not um, uh, in a disaster mode to prepare for that when it does hit. And so I do encourage you to think about those things and to plan for it. Well, many people say, well, Carl, I don't have the money to go out and buy five cases of water what? and an extra month supply of medicine and all this extra food and things like that. Start today, though. Start this month with it being disaster preparedness month of working towards that buy a couple extra cans of beans buy an extra can of this a bag of that and just start doing that and slowly over the next year you will build that kit up and you say well what if it goes out of date well many of that food in the store is good for a year especially the canned things all you have to do is rotate that out the next time you buy some for your home to use for regular cooking Take it out of your disaster kit and put what you bought new into the disaster kit. Mm. It's not really hard to do. I do that with water uh, for myself, and I also do that with gasoline. I rotate out my gasoline once a month, um, and I just put it in my car. Then when I go to the gas tank, I uh, fill up my cans. And so there's a lot of things that you can do um, to plan ahead it does take effort though i will tell you <laughs> and it does take well, a little
0: intentionality right yeah. right
2: mm-hmm. but if the one time you ever have to do it and use it you will say man i'm glad i did it so, yeah. Yeah. um the next thing too is at the next level, the local level, especially uh, here in Mississippi, we have a great program uh, under the Citizen Corps uh, program that's run by the Mississippi Office of Homeland Security. And I want to give a quick shout out to Dave Nichols and to Todd Fryer that are over there. And uh, But I want people to understand there are things in their local communities, organizations that they can get involved in. If they're not going on in that community, we can help them get started. Uh, one example there with uh, Citizen Corps is the CERT program, C-E-R-T. Okay. stands for Community Emergency Response Teams. And we have those started all over the state. Um, I mean, there are not hundreds of programs, but there are uh, probably a couple of dozen programs now. So if you're not uh, familiar with it, go ahead and check with your uh, local uh, county EMA director or city fire chief or police chief, someone in your area that if there's a CERT team, those people should know about it. Um, If not, you can contact the Mississippi Office of Homeland Security to get additional information about starting that. So what is a CERT team? A CERT team is is a group of local individuals, usually from the same neighborhood slash community or city, depending on where you live. that that come together and they go through a basic 20 hours worth of training. There's basic first aid, basic search and rescue, There's a little bit of disaster psychology, and uh, there's basic firefighting. Now, we're not going to teach you to be a structural firefighter like our good good men and women (laughs) uh, of the professional and the volunteer side throughout the state.
0: Which Carl is also a volunteer firefighter. I
2: am. And so, um, but we will give you the basics of how to use a handheld fire extinguisher. In many of the classes, you actually get to extinguish live fire. And so with those basic things, we would have a whole other set of people that are trained in very basic things. The idea that these people would be able to uh, help in a large scale disaster that hits their community. So um, you're going to run out of firemen, you're going to run out of policemen, we're going to run out of ambulances if it's a large scale. I mean, other help will be coming from across the state, but it's going to take a little while to get there. So if we have these trained individuals in that community, they can help augment fire, police, EMS. Um, They're not going to be putting out a building that's on fire but if it's a small fire somewhere they could put it out about the size of a 32 gallon trash can is what we what we teach to uh, they can help triage patients. They can help treat patients with minor injuries. Uh, we do a lot of things with search and rescue. If a building has collapsed or part of a building has collapsed, they know the very basics of uh, when they can go in, when they can't. Uh, when, um, and, and they can start the search for people from the outside until additional help arrives from the tr- truly trained professionals. From the that super search, trained professionals. Right, that do search and rescue. Mostly are going to be fire Uh, here in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. So I do encourage you to get involved with your local area and ask about a CERT team. And again, if there's not one in your area, contact the Mississippi Office of Homeland Security and they will be glad to help direct you and get you some information on that.
0: That's great stuff. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to focus on, we've talked about having water and food and that kind of stuff. What goes in that kit? Um, what is what you've found to be crucially necessary in that kit? And I'd love to hear from our listeners if you have been through um, one of these hurricanes or one of these other disasters, and there was something that was particularly helpful for you, or you wish you had had. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and my email is fit at mpbonline We'll be back after the break. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me in the studio today is Dr. Carl Mangum. And it is Disaster Preparedness Month, at least for another seven days anyway. And that's what we're talking about today. And so if you want to join the show and be a part, uh, you can give us a a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. If you don't want to give us a call, you can always uh, send me an email, or if you want any more information about any of the things that we've talked about uh, so far, you can always send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org, and I'm happy to send you information um, about disaster preparedness and about um, how to build a disaster kit, and that's what we're going to spend the next few minutes on is that disaster kit, because if you go to ready.gov, which is Um, the website of um, uh, Homeland Security, correct? And it has um, great handouts there for all different populations. And by populations, I mean ages, really. So there's kid-focused ones because, you know, I've got two little little boys. They're not so little anymore. One's 10, one's 7. My 10-year-old thinks he's um, grown. But there's a balance between uh, wanting them to be prepared and respectful of the weather and things like that and then not being petrified um that you know the world is going to come to an end you know when um gordon was coming uh was that about three weeks ago three four weeks ago um the little one just flipped out and went and got his saint's helmet and put his saint's helmet on when just when the first little thing came about across the the tv screen and i was like it's it's not here yet and you know yes we need to be prepared but we don't we don't have to freak out because uh, that's not going to be helpful but what we did is we went through the things that we had ready should something happen you know I took him and showed him where you know our batteries were and our flashlights were and you know that we had extra water and you know all of these different types of things and that really kind of helped de-escalate that situation for him that um, it was it was gonna be okay, and then the next thing I did was text Carl, and I said, "So tell me about Gordon. How bad's it gonna be, and what do I need to do?" And uh, you replied back, "Get some gas," is what, she, and it's gonna rain. That's what he told me. It's gonna rain, so um, we made sure we had gas, and sure enough, it rained. Um, but you know, I think we kind of dodged the bullet with Gordon. Uh, it didn't uh, shape up to be as Uh, bad as we thought it was going to be which is a good thing you know I saw some folks posting on social media that they were just kind of ugly to forecasters and weather personnel that you know this wasn't wasn't anything and they were disappointed about it and I don't know if they didn't go through Katrina or not but uh, I was very glad to see that the the bullet was dodged in that situation because Katrina was so widespread and so almost a you you couldn't you couldn't predict all the things right. that were going to happen uh, with Katrina. It was just one thing after another that lined up to create what happened. But we learned some really valuable things um, from that. So what I saw folks doing with Gordon was taking it very, very, very seriously. And when they said evacuate, they, they did. evacuated. Uh, and when uh, they said, make sure you've got your stockpile of stuff, folks folks had their stuff. You know, Even as far up here as, as Jackson, people were getting things respectfully and appropriately um, mm-hmm. in the store. So we talked about water, um, and that's kind of a, a duh thing. You know, you know you're know you going to need water, but how much water do we need? Because I think it's way more than what folks really think right. they need.
2: The, the general uh, idea is that, uh, especially this is off ready.gov, but one gallon of water per person per day for at least three people. Uh, I'm sorry for at least three days. Three days. So, yeah, if, not if
0: your family a family of right, five. Right, you want to make have, sure you have water so for all of them. So, if you have a
2: family of five, <laughs> you need at least fifteen gallons on hand, uh, ready to go, and that's for drinking and uh, for food preparation, um, and. That's one of the things people, where am I going to keep that? Well, that's uh, that's up for you to decide mm-hmm. and figure that right. out. Uh, but here in Mississippi, if you have to move outside of your house because of power, you may actually need more than the gallon a day for people. I mean, if it's, it's hot, it's still hot and it's almost October. So um, you may need more. So it's something that you as the individual have to decide. Uh, I keep probably about two gallons of water per person Um, um, at my home. Uh, Then you have to have water for sanitation and things like that. People forget that there are safe areas of water in their home now. Hot water tank is going to contain how many ever gallons your hot water tank is that you can get to. um, That's just tap water. So you can get to that and have that. You could drink it. You could boil it. Whatever you need to do, if you need it for cooking, uh, if you need it for flushing toilets. Uh, And remember, the water that's in the tank of your toilet can be taken okay. out and be used. Yeah. The bowl is where the where the issue comes <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm not
0: going in the bowl. So, uh,
2: but uh, they're saying at least one gallon per person per day, and and we still ask people to try to be prepared for three days because that may be what it takes to get rescuers into mm-hmm. you or additional supplies into your area.
1: Right.
2: The other thing is food. You need to have three days supply of food. Um, and, of course, people always think of crackers and bread and milk. But if you lose refrigeration, you're not going to have milk. So you need to plan accordingly. Now, if your family likes sardines, sardines are great. But if your family doesn't like sardines, don't stock up on sardines. Mm-hmm. Stock up on stuff that they're going to actually eat. Right. Peanut yeah. butter is always a good one because um, you could eat it straight off the plate if you if you Off a spoon. To. Unless you that's, have
0: a nut allergy, don't that, do that. That's
2: right. Unless you have an allergy. Uh, but you got to think about those things. Think about what goes with it. Do you have paper plates? Because you're not going to waste water to wash dishes. Right. So, do you have paper plates, um, plastic knives, spoons, and forks, plastic cups for water um, as you need it? Salt, pepper, seasoning. You're still going to want a little seasoning. Do you have a can opener that's manual? Uh, do you one. know how to use it i encourage <laughs> you to take anyone under 21 years of age today and show them a manual Show them how to
0: use a manual can, can opener. opener
2: that's right because they're just they just look at you like what am i going to do with this well um, we didn't
0: have one growing up we you know we had an electric can opener and when i got married actually was probably the first time i saw a manual can opener and i was i i just looked at it like yeah. what do i do? what do I do with this thing? Yeah. You know, how I use this?
2: Well, luckily, we didn't have an uh, electric one, so I, I knew how to use a manual. So yeah. I'm a little older than you, though. That's so. okay. Um, other things uh, besides food and water, uh, your medications, definitely you have to think about those. Um, yes, I know they're expensive, but they're expensive regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, work with your caregiver, uh, nurse practitioner, physician, PA, whomever and uh, see if there's certain things that you must have in event of a disaster and work with them on getting, on a getting new, that. a
0: couple of extra. Then the
2: other normal things that we think about, batteries, flashlights, um, we actually put a whistle on there.
0: That's because, a good one. I don't think people if, think about it.
2: Right, because if you need help or if you're trapped in your home or a building, if you start screaming, you're going to use a lot of energy and your voice is going to go out on you, then you won't be able to talk right. at all. So blow a whistle for help, and that's one of the things that that's on there. Uh, other things, first aid kit, and I know this is a personal favorite of yours right. of being able to do that. The other thing are charged up uh, extra batteries for your phones. Uh, because depending on where you're at and what the damage was, cell phones may still operate. Right. Uh, don't depend on them, though. Uh, I know many people don't have landlines anymore. So we do depend on them. But you need a way to charge them if you don't have a, a generator at your home. Uh, Those some external batteries, batteries right. that you can do. Um, uh, but first aid kits.
0: Um, well, my, my problem with first aid kits. So you can buy them. Already put together, but I encourage you if you if you do if you elect to purchase a, a prepackaged first aid kit, which there are some great ones, open it up and take a peep in there at what what you've got going on in there. Because you know if you if there's been a, a an emergency and somebody's bleeding or you know there's something sticking out of somebody, that's not the time to be um, figuring out what you got in there and realizing that you have about. Two squares of gauze and four band aids because that's what can come in several of them. And band aids, band aids are just not very useful for a whole lot of things other than a little scratch or two. That's it. I would rather see gauze and some tape right. um, because you can make it be whatever you need it to be, right. however big, you know, uh, an ouchie you have going on there.
2: Right. And my personal kit, uh, when I deploy my personal kit that I carry every day, I have. Uh, two rolls of what we call curlex, and that's the rolled up bandages, um, which are
0: great for like joints things, and and that right. kind of stuff. If you've got a cut in one of those uh, areas, you can also
2: string it across the room and hold stuff up with it if you need to. Uh, At first,
0: if, I was like, "Where's he going with yeah, this? We're not uh, decorating yeah. the 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 barracks with, uh, right. with curlex." But no, but sometimes hanging sometimes if yeah. you
2: need stuff, you can you can use it for that. Four by four gauze tape, all those are good, especially with wounds. Uh, And most standard um, first aid kits only have, like you said, a a smathering, I guess, is a good word of of those things. And if you have a true disaster, you're going to need more than what's there. And you can buy those things individually um, and um, without a problem, just to add them to your kit. And that's what's important is you need to put in the kit what you think you're going to need. And if you're not a medical professional... Uh, I know of plenty of nurses around the state that you can certainly contact and, and we will help hey, you build one. Hey, nurse friend, I need some help. What do I really need in this first aid kit? And right. they'll be glad to help you. Right. If not, contact Dr. Bidwell here and we'll help you. <laughs>
0: and I will help you uh, build one. Because that. it really is important. You know, I have one um, that, that goes everywhere with me, and, you know, my kids go through it and they'll be like, why is this in here? You know, it's a good teaching point then. Well, this is what you would use that for, you know, should you need it. And, you know, mine is probably a little bit more than what some people would need in theirs uh, because I tend to you think about all the things that could happen right um,
2: any day every day right and there are a lot of people that uh, have stuff with everyday carry things right. from a pocket knife to tweezers to uh, to the galls that right. we talked about like
0: I have hemostats right. always
2: I have two pair with me almost always and
0: if you don't know what a hemostat is it's like a it's like a pair of scissors but there's no sharp you know, like you don't cut anything it's with a it clamp. you clamp things with it right. so traditionally it've been used in surgeries and things like that to, to clamp things and and stop bleeding bleeding. bleeding but they're just invaluable for everyday life i mean something stuck in your sink get you some hemostats and reach down in there they are just really good for doing lots of things but they can be really helpful um um, and applying a tourniquet if you need right. um, something to to hold in that particular situation, or just clamping a few things together. So I always have um, hemostats on there. But the gauze really is—I don't I mean—I cannot stress enough having plenty of gauze because you know if some if something is bleeding, put pressure on it. I mean that's what you do. And if you don't have gloves with you, at least have some gauze that you know is going to be in between you and whatever is bleeding. And then it's great for cleaning because. And what we're seeing now with Florence, you know, the floodwaters may be kind of regressing, but that doesn't mean that uh, what is left behind is is sanitary. If you've seen the pictures uh, that I saw this morning, actually, while I was pumping gas on the little TV that's at the gas station, there were fish all over the road um, after the waters had receded. And so you got to think about the fact that the water um, is not real real clean and so if you get an injury in that water if you step on something you cut your leg on something that's got to be cleaned out relatively quickly um and gauze can be a great way to kind of help remove debris from those types of things
2: almost um almost every large scale disaster like Florence and Katrina and and, uh Maria and all those, uh, we do have responders that are injured and many times Mm -hmm. it's in flood water. They step on something, uh, something scratches their leg, and those waters can be uh, filled with everything from dead animals to feces to depending on where you're at and what flooded and how bad it is. Uh, So we always uh, want you to err on the side of caution. I know a lot of times, and I'll just briefly touch on this, we have a lot of spontaneous volunteers. (laughs) (laughs) that just show up and they mean well. I honestly believe they have a good heart and want to help. But many times these people show up and they're not trained, they are not prepared, and they end up having to be rescued themselves by other people. So I do want to encourage you to look into things like the CERT team or if you're interested in a federal medical team, we're always looking for doctors, nurses, um, uh, nurse pharmacists. practitioners, pharmacists in particular, um, will be glad to, to get you can go to USA jobs, USA jobs.gov. Um, uh, it's where we do the hiring for the federal teams and you can certainly go on there and look. And if you're interested at that level, if you're not interested at that level, there's things here in the state. You can do the state has a medical response team, uh, coordinated through the Mississippi department of health. There's a way you can volunteer on their website, uh, to help with those, uh, things here at the state level and they would be love for you to sign up and you don't have to be a medical professional to sign up for those types mm-hmm. of, of duties here within the state because they need clerical help they need leadership help they, they need a little bit of all of it so you don't have to be a doctor or nurse or a medic to do those but if you are a doctor or nurse or medic they would love to have you too uh, then things at that local level, back with the Citizen Corps program and the CERT program, uh, those would be good things that you can do in your own community and in, in, in city. Uh, so we have areas from the local to the state to the federal where if you're interested in participating in these types of events, Please join one of those and get trained and being part of the organized response. Um, again, I don't want to uh, sound like I'm being ugly to people that volunteer to go help during disasters. Uh, I'm not. We want you to come help, but we want you to do it in a trained right. organized way so you're safe and you can come back home to your family and friends and you but yet you can help other people in their time of need. So we definitely encourage you to check out those and again, we'll get you more information if you're truly interested. Yeah.
0: We're going to take another break, and when we come back, I want to talk about what um, what we can do when maybe little emergencies happen around our own home and how we best can respond to that. If you want to give us a call, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 And my email is fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a few. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, and joining me today is Dr. Carl Mangum, and we're talking all about disaster and emergency preparedness because September is Disaster Preparedness Month, and it has been a relatively busy month um, for at least tropical weather here in in the south and in the east. We've had lots of, um, of named storms. I don't know if it's more than usual I'll let you answer that question in a second but if you guys have a question or a comment we would love to hear from you our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring it's one 672 7464 my email is fit at mpbonline.org all right. Uh, so is it a more busy tropical season this year? or uh, This
2: year um, we're closing in on uh, where we were last year about okay. this time. So it's almost equivalent. Comparable. The problem is is we've not had as much, um, with all respect to the people in the Carolinas, uh, we've not had as much damage this year so far. Maria in Puerto Rico last right, year just uh, seemed, really, right. really took a hard hit. Yeah.
0: And it was actually the one-year anniversary for uh, for that. I saw on the news the other day where they were doing. Um kind of memorials and things like that in Puerto Rico as they're still rebuilding, uh, down there. Um, uh, and there were a couple, I was actually checking the website this morning. Uh, there was one that was kind of out in the Atlantic that was Kirk, I believe, mm-hmm. um, that they were expecting to intensify and actually it lost its, uh, kind of, uh, condensed circle of rotation. And so now those have been canceled out. So yay for it, that.
2: Th- it's still there. It's still there. It's weaker.
0: Right. So, um, thinking it will probably dissipate and not reform into a, a tropical depression. Uh, when is – so hurricane season st- Starts when like Augustish? No, no, hurricane
2: season actually starts June first.
0: Oh dang, I right. missed it by a couple of months. Go- it Goes That's through why uh, November. You. Goes,
2: to, goes <laughs> to November. Goes to November. Um, and just because of the hurricane season's then, as Mississippians, we know that we can face um, severe weather any right. time of the year. We're we're one of the places that can have tornadoes twelve months a year, and actually statistically, the deadliest month in Mississippi for tornadoes is November.
0: Mm. So it's right around the corner. So So even if... Don't
2: let your guard down if there's not a hurricane coming. which to have severe weather that comes through our area. And uh, I know, what was it, five or six years ago, we had the tornado that hit Byram Mm -hmm. on New Year's Eve. um, And I responded to that. So uh, don't let your guard down just because hurricane season's coming to an end, hopefully soon.
0: Right. Yeah. There's always, it, not even a weather-related disaster. Right. You know, there are train, other things.
2: Train accidents, train truck accidents, accidents uh, industrial on, accidents. Not list of
0: things I was thinking. I was thinking more like, um, you know, injuries around the home or... Sure, those um, happen every you know, day. Or, you know, maybe a, a small fire, kitchen fire, those types of things, and how we best um, respond to those, because you need to think about what you would do in those situations. You know, That's my, right. my, um, Plan for it. my boys are, um, Boy Scouts. Actually, my oldest just finished up Boy Sc- uh, Cub Scouts and became a, a Boy Scout. And it's intense. I will say they, they do a lot. I don't think I realized quite how involved it was, but I'm super proud of him and some of the things they're learning about is emergency response and how you prepare and those types of things. And one thing we had to do was we went to ready.gov and we printed out um, this uh, kind of a cartoon sheet, but it was supposed to be your bedroom, and you had to identify the primary way you would get out of that room should uh, a fire happen, and then a secondary way to get out of that room should should your primary be Unavailable. You know, we normally would think, you know, you're going to go out your bedroom door and you're going to go down the stairs and go out. But if you go out your bedroom door and the fire is on the stairs, what are you going to do? How are you going to get out? And so just thinking through those things and having a plan so that you make the the best decision and not, you know, a, a poor decision when you're uh, fueled on, on fear and adrenaline. So let's talk about fire because I know that, you know, you're a fireman. Um, you have all the cool equipment to uh, support that. I've tried it on. does not smell great, but um, it is there for a reason, but... What about a fire extinguisher in the home? Are we supposed to have those?
2: Sure. Uh, you need a minimum of one fire extinguisher on every level of your home. So okay. if you have a two-story home, you should have one on, on each, each level, level at minimum. Okay. Of course, I'm always going to recommend a couple of more just in case. Just in case. Right. And most of the times with those in the home, we're going to need what are called ABC fire extinguishers. Okay. The main classes of fire that are out there are A, which are like wood, uh, clothing, things like that, ordinary combustible materials a class b fire things like gasoline oil other flammable liquids uh a class c fire fire sorry is the uh, energized electrical equipment your computer your um your telephone your whatever it is you have plugged up to electricity and then uh the class uh D-FIRE, they they talk about a little bit, are combustible metals. Most of us are never going to run into those. And then there's a Class K, and that's like cooking oils, like if you're at a restaurant. Uh, So the main ones we're going to see in a home.
0: What happened to E, F, G, H, and I, and J? (laughs) It depends
2: on where you're at in the world, um, who uses what letters. Just skip it. Uh, Just skip it. Go to K. Most fire extinguishers are going to be ABC, the ones you hanging on the see hanging on the wall. All you can do is take a quick look at them. There's a sticker on it, and it'll say class A, B, or C. Okay, and so uh, that's what's usually recommended for the home. Uh, at my house, I have about four fire extinguishers. I would not um, expect
0: anything exactly.
2: less. Exactly, I have one in my bedroom. That way, I can fight my way out of the house if case I can't get out the window. Uh, Will you the, adopt me? <laughs> uh, no. No, darn it. Uh, in the kitchen, naturally, uh, near your clothes dryer, one of the main um, really? sources of fire in the United States well, are clothes dryers. Uh, so please check that lint trap and clean oh, it yeah. out, the guard, uh, on that. And it's, uh, you'd be surprised. Oh, I would not um, be surprised. And I've seen a iron uh, catch on fire and almost... Well, catch the makes, house on fire. That one makes sense. The the thing is, they left it plugged up, and it was off. Remember, anything that's plugged up, even if it's in the off position, has energy going right. to it from the plug, and it is a possible source of fire. So uh, I, I'm not saying you need to go through your house and unplug every lamp every day and the TV and all that. That
0: would be a good way to cause a meltdown <laughs> right. of children. Uh, but,
2: but you need to be aware of things, and if stuff doesn't need to be plugged up, like your toaster, if you don't use it twice a day, just leave it unplugged, plug it up when you need it. Gotcha. So but yes, we do recommend that you have those fire extinguishers, and you need to practice using and where one. Where do you get one? Uh, you can buy them at most stores, uh, Walmart. Uh, not plugging any one place, but
0: probably like uh, a, a home, like a home store, like a Home Depot or Lowe's. Sure, or any True of those Value places will that. have
2: them. Um, things like Bass Pro are going to have them too. They also have them for marine for boats. You're required to have one on there because it it would be uh, not a good day if your boat's on fire and you're on the water out in the middle of the lake. Um, and so things like that, you need to have. Uh, On hand, ready to go. Uh, It's simple to use. You can go on the internet, learn some stuff. The acronym is PASS: Pull, Aim, Squeeze, and Sweep. Um, When we teach CERT, we add a T in there to test. I thought there was an extra letter. That's right. Pats: Pull, Aim, Test, Squeeze, and Sweep. Because before you walk up on the fire, you want to make sure that puppy works. Right,
0: you want to, um, give it a little squirt squirt yeah, it's before a bad, you. Yeah,
2: just a real quick, mm-hmm. just make sure something's coming out. Uh, because it's a bad feeling when you walk up on a fire and you squeeze the trigger and, and nothing, nothing happens. nothing comes out. That's, That's like right.
0: one of those recurring dreams that you right. have where you get there and it doesn't, it doesn't work. Now you aim at the base of base the, fire, of the right? fire
2: right at the bottom because you don't aim at the flames the heat and the combustion is going on at that base of the fire so aim at the base of the fire and sweep it back and forth to make sure you cover
0: right all like, of it. like left to right right not backwards and forwards on right. the sweep that right. will left just, to right
2: will do the job yeah. and all you got to do is just enough to cover the base of the fire yeah
0: and so that was that abc fire extinguisher now do they expire
2: well, uh, many of them will have it depends on the type you buy There are disposable ones that okay. will expire, and they're the ones that we have like on the fire trucks that we can get recharged at the at a local uh, business that does that There are a couple of them around the metro uh, Jackson area, but they're all over the state that recharge they're the ones that also work on industrial strength fire extinguishers and and systems for restaurants and homes and hotels and things like that so they can recharge our extinguishers for us once we discharge them. But many of them are disposable, so make sure you know the one you have and do check the date on and
0: it. Check it, you know. Uh, we moved into a new house last year, and there was one sitting there, and so I was just like, I don't know if this is good or not. Right. So just get a just, just get, get a, a new one to be safe. Know?
2: Get a new one, um, and you, again, until you discharge it, you're not always. A hundred percent that it's going to work. Right. And the thing with leaving them sitting around, if they've been discharged at all, if you've ever even just squeezed it one time, you don't need to put that one back in service. You need to discard it, have it recharged, or buy a new one. Buy a
0: new one. Now, you mentioned the cooking oils was a class. Okay. is that like your at home cooking right? Right. Loyalty? If you're frying
2: chicken or French fries or whatever the case may be, either in a skillet or uh, right. one of the fryers that sit on the counter, uh, but an ABC extinguisher will work on that. Okay. But the problem is uh, you've got to be careful because I've seen people with skillets and they'll they'll I've seen people throw water on it. Water's yeah, that's the last bad, thing right? you want to put Super on right? Super bad. And what they do is actually spread the fire because it pushes all that liquid that's on fire and moves it to other places on the stove or the kitchen. I your drapes or the, or the or paper or, towels right, or all these kind right. of things. and so you want to be careful with that. And the other thing you want to be careful with, a lot of people say, well, I'll just use flour or things right. like that. The problem with using those is they're flammable. Uh,
0: flour is flammable?
2: Right, it's the dust. Uh, it's the dust that comes up from that. Shut and, the and front it, door. Right, and you can actually cause a small explosion or fred, or spe- I think we're
0: all astounded sitting right here. Or, like, Jay has got an astounded right. look on his face. I'm like, why have I never spread, heard this before?
2: Right. It'll be a small, like a dust explosion. Uh, y'all have heard of a the like, like the large uh, uh, things on a farm where they keep the, the wheat and the dust and all that? Uh-huh. Well, the dust from that can cause a fire. If sure. it has the right conditions, um, huh. those, those and the same thing will be from the dust from flour. Well,
0: color me so, smarter because so, I have learned something today. So
2: that's not your. That shouldn't be your primary plan. Your primary plan should be a handheld fire extinguisher. What
0: about the the lid of the, the skillet?
2: lid? Right. Uh, when we think of fire, uh, when we do simple fire training, we think of the fire tria- or triangle, mm-hmm. and in it, there's three things that the fire has to have to 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 combust and one of them is going to be oxygen and so by putting the lid on it you're starting to starve it of the oxygen right and you smother it and so that's one way that's why we use a blanket on some fires or if a person is on fire there are things called fire blankets Mm. that are flame retardant right remember very few things are flame proof some are flame retardant. they still will burn our turnouts that we use they they're slow to burn, but they, they will burn if eventually. That's to it right. for a long enough period of time. That's right. They, they, they that. will burn eventually. And so that's one of the things that you have to think about.
0: Yeah. And, you know, so grab that skillet lid If you can safely do that right. and, and smother it out. Now, if it is a big old fire, just go ahead and use your fire extinguisher but, on that.
2: You know, the biggest problem with people in cooking fires and what causes them They walk away from whatever's on the stove. Right, right. Number one reason uh, that they do. I've seen people almost burn their house down cooking turnip greens. They left, went to the store, water boiled out of the turnip greens, and eventually got hot enough and they flamed up.
0: Well, and I have a friend I swear could burn water. Like, I mean, bless her sweet soul, she burns all the things. Um, And... We actually had that when I was pregnant with my first child. I had a craving for French fries. And, you know, my mom thinks whatever you crave when you're pregnant, you, you get that. And so she was making me some. And then I started not to feel well. And so she was busy, like, taking care of me. And then we were like, what is that? smell yeah. you know and we turned around and it actually warped the skillet like mm-hmm. there's a big dent in the bottom of that skillet because I mean it was
2: that's where it was hottest at. right
0: three seconds away from just right. completely yeah if
2: you have anything combusted. on the stove please 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 I'm begging don't go off and leave it right uh, the only time you should leave a stove is when you've turned it off and removed everything off the top of it right otherwise stay with it
0: yeah because I mean it really can go from zero to 60 right (laughs) very 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 quickly especially if you're not prepared with with what to do should a fire occur so those have been all really great tips we've had um a lot of great information about disaster preparedness if there's kind of one thing you could uh leave us with because we're almost out of time about being um ready for these types of things if you ever can be what's that kind of one thing
2: In our large, busy society that we have going on, we're all busy. You talk about with the kids. I Mm -hmm. talk about with my kids and grandkids. He's got a whole Uh, football team of grandkids. I I have eight now, uh, (laughs) thanks to Georgia Dorothy. That's right. Shout out to her. Sweet baby girl. uh, And the thing is, is plan ahead. Please plan ahead a little bit. Take a few minutes. Talk with your family. Talk with the kids. Everyone needs to know the disaster plan. If you don't have a plan for you and your family, please start today with one just for fire in your home. Mm -hmm. Start with that, and then you can build it out from there. Get the kit, get the supplies, get what you need, and plan ahead for it, because It's not a matter of if the disaster or the local thing in your home is going to happen to you. It's it's when when it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, you will just be thankful or hopefully in a lot better position if you go ahead and plan for Mm -hmm. it now. And there's plenty of information on the internet. Of course, I'm going to lean towards the government stuff because that's what they do. They have the latest research, the latest information. And uh, start with ready.gov, definitely, Mm -hmm. um, in how to prepare for this. They'll give you some great tools Mm -hmm. on there.
0: And, you know, I would echo that. I would say, that you know if you already have a, a plan for at home great if you don't absolutely get one but don't just stop there you know disasters don't school, work right they don't just happen when right. you're at home so you know, have a talk with your kids about what is, is going to happen if if something happens while they're at school have a plan for what's going to happen when you're at work because it, it can happen literally at anytime.
2: Anywhere, anyplace, place, Anywhere, anytime.
0: anytime. Alright, so we hope we gave you some good tips on how to um, be prepared and have a plan should something happen. If you want more information about any of the things we talked about or links to any of those websites, you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org and I'll be happy to give you that information. I want to thank uh, Dr. Carl Mangum for coming in. I know he's super tired because he really just got back this weekend from, from that deployment. And thank him and his team for their service um, to the people of Carolinas and all across the uh, United States. Thanks to my producer Jay White for another great show and thank you most of all to our listeners um, who support us every single day and for tuning in to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.